The following is a message by Dr. Lloyd Kim at Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about this message or Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online at wscal.edu or call us at 760-480-8474. That's online at wscal.edu or call us at 760-480-8474. It is a delight for me to be here to share with you God's Word. Uh, this place has a very special place in my own heart, a uh, time of very deep growth in the Word, where I was able to um, really understand the doctrines of grace at a much more deeper level. I thank you for all the professors who have taught me here, and um, I'm sure they would take no responsibility for the sermon that is going to be preached. But uh, nevertheless, let's turn to God's Word, Matthew chapter 5, a very familiar passage to us, Sermon on the Mount, verses 13 through 16, Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16, this is God's very own Word. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his word. When we were in the Philippines, a Filipino man saw me and my family, and they had, he had come up to me and he asked, he said, so I see you married a Korean. He thought I was Filipino. <laughs> when I'm in Cambodia, uh, they think I'm Cambodian. In Vietnam, they speak to me in Vietnamese. Even in China, they think I'm Chinese. And when I try to explain to them, no, I'm actually Korean-American, they say, oh, I see your father is Korean and your mother's American. I say, no. All these experiences have caused me to ask myself this question, who am I? In our passage today, Jesus reminds us who we are. He says, you are the light. You are the salt. He tells us who we are in order that we might live according to our identity. It is this identity that we have that helps us understand our calling, helps us understand our purpose in this short life that we live. Well, you probably don't have the identity issues that I have in Asia, But the question still stands before us this morning. Do you know who you are? As Jesus sat on that mountain, crowds and crowds of people were coming toward him. Who were these people? They were the Jews. They were his fellow countrymen, the Israelites. They were God's chosen people, chosen from all the nations. And he said, you are my light. You are my salt. 
We ask ourselves, how are they to get the world's attention? How are they to be the light? As we study Jesus' teachings in this sermon, we realize they are to have a righteousness that goes beyond external actions, that goes beyond external performance, but a heart righteousness. So that when the world looks at these people, they will say, these people are different. They're not like everybody else. And I want to follow their God. We're God's people the light. We're God's people the salt. Jesus tells them, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything but to be, to be what? Thrown out and trampled upon. Now Jesus spoke these words because he knew that his people were not very salty. They were living just like everyone else in the world. There was no difference in their lives. And so he goes on to tell them, people don't put a lamp under a basket, but they put it on a stand in order to light the whole room. You see, Jesus was hinting that his people were hiding their identity hiding their relationship with God. Instead of leading the nations toward him, they were in fact leading the nations away from him. Why should we follow your God? You're just like us. So what should God do with his people? They have become tasteless salt. They have become bulbs that have broken. When a light bulb goes out, what do you do with it? You just remain there in the darkness. You replace it. You take it out. You throw the old one away. And the truth is, the people of God deserve to be thrown out. They deserve to be trampled upon. They deserve to receive the wrath and the judgment of God. And maybe some of you today have come and you feel like tasteless salt. And you feel like bulbs that have been broken out. And you hear these words of our Lord and you think he's just saying the same things that I know in my heart and that I've heard again and again that I'm worthless. That I deserve to be thrown out. That I deserve to be trampled upon. You know, my mother-in-law is a wonderful woman. But she is a pack rat. She never throws anything away. And when we came to visit her recently... We noticed in her backyard there were a bunch of these old chairs. They were horrible looking. Birds have pooped all over them and they were tattered. And we told her, throw those away. Those things are worthless. They're an eyesore. We'll help you throw them away. And she refused. She said, no way. One day I'm going to paint those chairs. The wood is still good. She's been saying that for 20 years. Well, one day I did decided to go back and take a look at these chairs and she was right, the wood still was good. And I began seeing those chairs as she saw them. Not as they were, but as they could be one day. So as a good son-in-law, I took those chairs, sanded them down, took off all the old varnish, painted them white, got some material, reupholstered the seats in the back, I slaved over those chairs, got blisters on my hands. I even stepped on an upholstery 
nail and pierced my foot for several days. But you see, today, those chairs look brand new. She never gave up on those chairs. You know what? We're a lot like those old chairs. When God looks at us, he sees not what we are, but what we one day will become. He doesn't give up on us. And he doesn't think we're worthless. In fact, he thinks that we're so precious that he sent his son not to condemn us, but to redeem us, to buy us, to make us new. And our Lord Jesus comes and thinks that we are so valuable that he himself becomes trampled upon. He himself becomes thrown out for us. And he takes our sin and he takes our failings, he takes all our darkness and he puts it on himself and he pays for it all in full on the cross at Calvary. And in return, he gives us life. He gives us light. He makes us new. Don't you see? Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the salt of the earth. Only in Jesus can we be the light. Only in Jesus can we be the salt? It doesn't come from us. It comes simply from receiving his forgiveness, receiving his perfect righteousness, receiving freedom from sin, freedom from fear, freedom from anxieties. When we have the light of the world in us, we cannot help but reflect that light. Are you still living in the darkness? Come to the light. Are you a child of the light? Then live as a child of the light. Jesus is calling us who have put our faith in him simply to delight in him, to delight in his great love for us, to delight in our adoption as his children. Do you know who you are? You see, in Christ you are so loved, so beloved. When we realize who we are, everything changes. Our desires become less focused upon our kingdom and more focused upon his heavenly kingdom. We become more purposeful in our life decisions. We seek to share this great gift of grace and tell people how great our God is because he is great. And we desire nothing less than God's desires for the nations. Fellowship, communion with him. Beloved, are we there yet? You know, the truth is, even those of us who have been going to church for many years, I believe, still struggle with having this authentic relationship with God. A relationship that naturally overflows in this light, in this salt. In fact, I believe the most dangerous job there is for a Christian is to be a pastor or a missionary. It is dangerous because it's our job to be spiritual, isn't it? Every week we've got to go up and stand in front of people and be religious. Now being a pastor can do one of two things to you. It can draw you so close to the heart of God or it can lead to a life of hypocrisy. The truth is, the longer we are in the ministry, the easier it is to simply put on a show. We know what to say. 
We know the right answers. But deep down, something is missing. There is no light. There is no salt. When I first came to the Philippines, I visited the Presbyterian Theological Seminary there. Truth was, I was really excited about going there. I had all these years of studies. And in my mind, I had just uh, pictured them all waiting for me to come to teach. At least that was sort of what the recruiters were telling me. And so when I first came to campus, I met some students and uh, introduced myself to them and said, my name's Lloyd, and they introduced themselves to me. And then one of them looked at me and he asked, he said, so what year in school are you here? I said, what? You think I'm a student here? I was so, so upset. But of course, I'm a missionary, so I tried to hide my pride, and I said, you know what? I'm actually not a student here. And then he turned to me and he said, well, are you going to apply? <laughs> this may be news to you, but uh, pastors, missionaries, we struggle with pride. Surprise, I know it's hard to believe, but it's true. It's easy for us to fool ourselves in thinking that we are doing well spiritually. And we cannot deny the social pressure that we feel to present a good upstanding picture of ourselves and our families. The truth is we want to have a good name. We want to have a good reputation. And so it is difficult for us to openly acknowledge our sins, to openly acknowledge our failings and our pride. And so what do we do? We continue to play the part. We go to church, we smile, we preach, we teach. But deep down inside, we feel empty. You ever feel like that? Cambodia, there's this delicious beef noodle soup. It only costs $1.25. It's on almost every street corner. Comes out piping hot, smells delicious. It tastes even better. And so you slurp the whole thing down. But after 10 minutes, you start to feel sick. You get a headache. You know why? MSG. MSG. They put so much MSG in that thing. It tastes good at first, but later it makes you feel sick. And you know, when we continue to live this life of hypocrisy, that's what we are. Instead of being the salt of the earth, we are the MSG of the earth. Seems good at first, but later it makes you feel sick. Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth, not the MSG of the earth. So how do we go from, live, go, how do we go from living this inauthentic Christian life to one that is genuine? How do we renew our relationship with God? The answer is very simple. The same gospel that has saved us, the beginning of our Christian life, is the same gospel that keeps us in fellowship with our Lord and Savior all throughout our Christian life. What is it that makes us feel so far from him? It's our present sin, even as his children. What enables us to draw near to him is simply confessing, repenting, and receiving that wonderful grace, receiving that wonderful gospel. It is the gospel of Christ that keeps us in fellowship with him. And you know what, beloved, when we are with him, when we are communing with him, when we are worshiping with him, we cannot help but be changed. 
we cannot help but be moved to living this life of righteousness that comes to the very heart level. Some people think the best way to be the light and the salt is to be the best student, the best scholar, the best preacher. We think if we are excellent and have perfect families, then the world will be drawn to us. But I have found that the light of Christ shines most brightly when God's people show their weakness, confess their sins, and show the world the joy that comes from being in sweet fellowship with God Almighty. Let me just close with this. One Sunday in Cambodia, I was preaching, and I made a huge mistake. I used my older daughter in a sermon illustration. She's nine years old. She was sitting right there in the congregation. As soon as the words left my mouth, I said, oh my gosh, what did I just say? A few people chuckled, but then she began to cry uncontrollably. It wasn't a big congregation, so everyone saw, everyone heard, and she was sobbing so loud, she, my wife literally had to take her out of the building. Such an idiot. <laughs> sort of takes the power out of your preaching when you just embarrass your daughter in front of everyone in the church. And so in the end, what could I do? I embarrassed her publicly, and so when she came back, I apologized to her publicly. It's one of the hardest things I had to do behind behind a pulpit but amazingly people afterward came up to me and they said how blessed they were not because of my sermon but because of what I said to this young daughter of mine in fact one woman came up to me and she said you know what pastor I'm actually a pastor's kid and I didn't realize it until today but I think I still have some bitterness towards my father who used me in sermon illustrations thank you pastor for all that happened now I have some healing that has taken place. Amazing. The light of the gospel of Christ is shown in weakness. Who are the best evangelists? Who are the best missionaries? Not necessarily the people with the greatest degrees, education, or experience, but those who love the gospel. Those who feed on the gospel every day. What is missions? What is evangelism? Some say one poor beggar showing another poor beggar where to find food. Our Lord is encouraging us today to remember who we are. He reminds us that we are so loved in Jesus Christ, so valuable in him. He reminds us that we are his sons and we are his daughters. Let us pretend not to be anything else. Let us delight in God's deep, rich, great love for us that we might shine his light to a world still living in darkness. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this simple message. We pray, Father, that it would go with us as the students prepare for their studies and their ministry as we continue to live this life that you've called us to live. Lord, we love you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Copyright 2009, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.